Hey, what's going on? Uh, welcome to the Jeff Gregory Podcast. It's been quite a while since I've done my last one. Um, and I regret that because there are times that I have stuff on my mind and I don't share it. But, I mean, a lot of it is it comes down to time. Uh, I spend a lot of time with my girls right now, so it's hard to sit down and have a time when I can do a podcast. So today, I'm doing one outside. I am working on my Titan. What I'm doing is... is Saturday, we helped some uh, family move from church and could not get my tailgate to open. And I had this happen once on my other Titan, and it was something simple with the key. But this one, uh, the key's working fine. One side was not, would not latch, but the other side would, and it wouldn't release. So what it is, I'd take my tailgate apart. Uh, really not hard. Um, just, I think it was eight bolts that had to un- unbolt and then kind of put some stuff back together. But what happens is, is the latch inside is held together by these little clips and the clips are plastic, which of course, most days stuff's made out of plastic, but this one popped off. So I've got it back off. I'm putting it back on right now. I am not a mechanic by no means. Like I could tell you right now, everything's wrong with somebody's truck or car just by a noise it makes or how it, you know, it's acting. But as far as me being mechanical, that is not my forte. Uh, my dad, you know, he, he was a mechanic not me. I just have never been that kind of person. Uh, I don't have the patience. I mean, I can fix things. I've had to fix things in a bind. You know, I like I had to put a radiator in my truck before and I've had to do brakes and, you know, I had to do some stuff with Chrissy's Yukon and, you know, I can do it, but I say a lot of ugly words when I do stuff like this and, you know, it's kind of disheartening because I wish I had that that genetic to be able to do that kind of stuff, but just not who I am. And it's okay. Like I, I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses and, and, you know, like I said, working on trucks and vehicles is just not my thing. And I'm okay with that. I enjoy, you know, reading about trucks and learning about cars and, you know, everything I can learn about something. But as far as me just not being able to do it, this is part of my, my life. I, you know, I'd rather pay somebody to do it right than me to do it and screw it up. But with the tailgate, you know, I told Chrissy, I said, if I can't fix it, I'll just take it off the truck and get an air gate. Just kind of roll it for the rest of the summer. But right now, just working on that. Uh, it's been a kind of a weird summer. You know, Christy, a few weeks ago, she fell on our sidewalk and she cracked her kneecap and tore her meniscus. And she just had a lot of issues. So she had to have her fourth knee surgery. And for her, it's like the norm. Like she can deal with stuff and deal with pain. And I can't. You know, I, if I'm hurting, that's fine. That's one thing. But I, I like to know why I'm hurting and things like that. Like she can just be take aspirin and and go about her business and just be content. And I'm not. I'm a worrier. Like if you know something happens to me, I worry and dwell on it. Uh, for instance, a couple weeks ago, I had my yearly thyroid ultrasound, and I had to have this done. I was having it done every six months, and it got moved every year because. For the past couple, nothing really changed. So they say, you know, do it yearly, and the nodules are small. Well, I go for my thyroid ultrasound, and as I'm there, you know, I just, I'm always expecting the worst, and I wish I wouldn't like that, but, you know, it is what it is. So what happened was, while I was waiting on my thyroid ultrasound results, I got a phone call, Dr. Jordan's office, saying I need to come in for my results, which, you know, for most time, you just tell me on the phone. So I go in, I'm already freaking out because I'm like, crap, you know, I might have a biopsy or my thyroid removed, which that's fine. If that happens, you know, take it out. You know, I'm one of those people that 
if you tell me, hey, your your gallbladder, you know, needs to be taken out or your, you know, whatever, take it all out. Just go ahead and knock all the stuff out at once, you know, something I ain't got to worry about later on in life, you know, appendix. I wish I'd go ahead and get my appendix taken out today because anytime my stomach hurts on, on that side, I'm like, oh, no, it's appendicitis, you know, but I guess it's because I'm a little bit of a hypochondriac. Well, long story short, Dr. Jordan tells me I have a mass in my neck. And it's a large mass, and I'm going to have to do a biopsy, and he's sending me to the doctor. Well, we go, get ready to go, and Chrissy's starting to schedule stuff for me to get the biopsy. And I'm freaking out, like I'm not in a good mood about nothing. Well, a couple of days later, Dr. Jordan's office calls me. And I, and I thought they were going to tell me when my biopsy was. And they said that they think they had mixed up my results with someone else's, because there was no mass in my neck, you know, and it ended up being a blessing. I went back for a follow-up ultrasound just to confirm, and there is nothing in my neck other than the thyroid uh, nodules that I've had for, you know, several years. And I wanted to get mad. Like, I, Christy got mad, you know, of course, because like, she knows it freaks me out, and I'm always worried about thinking I'm dying anyway. Well, for me, it was like, a humbler, you know, like Bill Engvall, one of my favorite comedians, he always talks about God gives him little humblers, things that put him back in perspective. And I think that's kind of what happened with me. You know, I think that God realized that I was at a point where I wasn't looking directly for him. I wasn't talking as much to God lately. Um, I wasn't being as thankful. I was being a little more cocky, you know, as a human is. I believe that humans are cocky. And I believe he humbled me. He, for about three days, I thought I was dying. I was like, you know, worst case scenario kind of thing. I was like, what am I going to do with my girls? What am I going to do with this? What am I going to do with that? And I think that God does that to me from time to time whenever I get out of line. Because this isn't the first time something like this has happened. It's like the third. You know, I'm not saying that I regret it, but I'm ex I was happy that I'm fine, you know, that I have another year before my next ultrasound and that things are going good. And, you know, I just don't want to be that person that dwells that I'm dying all the time. And I think that God realizes that sometimes I get in that mode and he takes me out of that mode. And I'm glad that he sent me that humbler because it really put things in perspective. You know, it told me that, you know, Seek God first. Don't seek myself. Seek God first. And that's what I did. You know, like, I, I love God. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I'm a person that has utilized and loved God and used my Christian beliefs, you know, the full extent of my life, you know, from the things I've went through. You know, I know a lot of people would have taken their eyes off of God or would have given up. And that's not what I do or what I am. You know, like I always say that, you know, when I, even when I was alone, I knew I had God with me and that's a big part of, of who I am. You know, like, you know, I jokingly wear, not jokingly, but you know, I joke with Christy because I always wear a WWJD bracelet. I always do. I've worn one since I was about 13 or 14 years old. You know, when they break, I've got a drawer full that I can just grab another one. The most time they last between two to four years. Depending on, you know, if I hang on my, hang it on something and it rips off or sometimes they just wear out. And 
you know, that's a reminder for me to know that God's first. To know that, you know, sorry, I was checking that little thing on my tailgate. I had to duct tape it because I don't, I ain't buying those clips for like $12 a piece. But I guess what I'm saying is I've never taken my eyes off God. There are times that I've questioned, which I think is normal, you know, for humans, because, you know, you're questioning something that you don't know, whether it's a situation in your life, you know, like my mom and dad's death or me being, you know, beat as a child. And I ain't talking about like getting a whipping. I'm talking about tortured beat, like pick your butt up, throw you on the ground, step on top of your head, beat you with a belt, beat you with your fist, beat, you know, not something that you would want a child to go through. And for me, God was always there. You know, if not, he put somebody there with me that he was directing, whether it was Daryl Aster, you know, Jonathan Griffin, Randy Brooks, my grandfather, my grandmother, you know, somebody that could be there for me, even whenever I couldn't be there for myself. And that I'm grateful. Like, I mean, I truly am grateful. You know, I tell people all the time I would not be where I am without the instruments that God has used to help me on my path. You know, I, I love, you know, sharing those stories about, you know, how people have helped me. You know, the other day when I was going down to get my results from Dr. Jordan, you know, I had to meet it, go to the Gillisville office. I stopped by Daryl Astor's uh, his work. You know, he owns Antique Optical. You know, they make uh, frames and buy and sell frames. And, you know, I went by and talked to him and prayed about it. You know, Daryl's one of those guys who, you know, like I seek for spiritual counsel. He's never steered me wrong. Uh, I feel like, you know, I like to say use the term Old Testament, like straight Old Testament kind of guy. You know, like when I imagine you know, uh, John the Baptist to look like Like if John the Baptist looked like any kind of person I know would be Daryl Aster. He's, he's rugged, got a big man beard, you know, he has no problem, you know, sharing his faith, showing his faith. Uh, you know, even to the point, like, I think you could torture the man and, you know, he's still, still of his last breath is going to say, you know, I believe in Jesus as the son of God, you know, and the only way to heaven. So I think that's good on my tailgate. So that's the kind of Christian I want to be, you know, I don't want to fear death and I don't fear death. Like I hate even saying that I do fear death because I don't. The big concern I have, especially now, is just losing my kids. You know, like death doesn't scare me. Like if you tell me right now, hey, Jeff, you're going to die this year. You know, I try to get all my stuff in order just because I love Christy and I love my girls. But as far as me dying, that doesn't scare me. It never has. You know, like I used to welcome death. Like we've talked about it in Bible class, like, you know, you know, heaven is the ultimate place to get, you know, you want to get to heaven and that's kind of what we want in life. We want to get to heaven and be with God and worship God. So death doesn't scare me. You know, it's the, it's the fact that I can't be there to take care of my girls or see them in special moments. Like I am so excited as a dad to be able to see Jenna and Julie get married and walk down the aisle. I am so excited as a dad to be able to take care of them, to be able to love them, do special moments with them. Like if it's just going to the Greenway to, to catch fish, 
you know, Jenna's my ride or die. I hate that term, but that's what she is with me. Like I, she's daddy's kid, daddy's girl, you know, Jenna would literally beat somebody up for her daddy. Like that's, that's kind of my, my kid. And I love that because that's my baby. Julie's not really as much of a daddy's girl, but heaven help her. She loves her daddy. You know, she loves me. Like she, those are those moments where, you know, I always say that like my time with Jenna, I treasure. I really do because I love it. But sometimes my time with Julie, I really cherish because it's not as much of the one-on-one, spend time with daddy, do stuff with daddy, go ride, go take the trash off with daddy. It's more daddy stay on the couch and play blocks with me. Daddy, just hold me. You know, daddy, watch a movie on my phone with me. You know, it's those moments she just wants me to hold her. You know, or daddy, hold me. And Julie's heavy. Like, Julie, you know, if you if you know my girls, you know, Jenna's seven and Julie's four. Just turned four. And Julie, she weighs more than Jenna does. Like, she's a big, strong kid. Reminds me of me, you know. Looking back at pictures and stuff of me growing up, that was me as a kid. And I love it because Julie is my lookalike. You know, me and Christy always joke that we each have our own child. Hoorah, tailgate is fixed. We each got our own child because Jenna looks just like Christy. Like, if you look at any of Christy's baby pictures growing up, any of her pictures um, when she was younger, you know, Julie or Jenna is the epitome of Christy. But Jenna acts like her daddy. Like, she's got my thought processes. She has my demeanor. Uh, She has my triggers. Like, which is kind of funny to see because, you know, I think that's why she and I relate so well to each other. It's because I know what I'm looking for. When it comes to a trigger or how we're acting, Jenna's the same way. Jenna gets pissed off at the same stuff. She loves the same stuff I do. And it's not necessarily because she's trying to appease me or, you know, hey, this is for you, daddy, or kind of thing. It's just kind of how she really is, you know, and I love it. You know, Julie, she acts more like Christy. Um, She just really does. Like she has kind of Christy's personality. She has my temper. I will say that sometimes it sucks, but, you know, it is what it is. But Julie does have my temper. And, you know, you kind of get used to that stuff because it's your child. You know how to, you know, de-escalate her and things like that. But we each have our own child that we spend time with a lot. Like Julie, you know, before Christy hurt her knee, was going to work with her all the time this summer. You know, like she's like, I'm going to work with Mama. And Jenna's like, I'm staying with my daddy. You know, me and daddy are going fishing. Me and daddy are going, you know, do whatever. You know, even if I'm just saying, hey, Jenna, I've got to work on lesson plans or I've got to work on stuff for school. Jenna's like, all right, let me get my get my tablet out or my computer out and I'll sit here on the couch with you, Daddy. We'll do it together. You know, she's my my girl. So thinking of dying really destroys me as a dad. You know, like before we had children, um, I had another instance that I have a cyst. You know, I'll go ahead and tell you, it's on my testicle. You know, I have nothing to hide. I've had it for years, but it hurts. Every now and then it gets inflamed and it radiates from my groin to my back, up my middle of my back, down my leg. And it's miserable. Like it comes to a point where I can't move. You know, I take a leave and I hate taking pain medicine. Like Christy's mad right now because I won't take pain medicine. Fourth July, I hurt my shoulder. I can't lift my arm above my head. I can't probably put my shirts on. And I've been using ice and tin, her TENS unit, but I don't want to take a leave or aspirin or Tylenol because I just don't like taking medicine. And a part of that is, is I mean, when your mom, when your mom kills herself by taking, you know, overdosing on pills, it makes you not want to take medicine. 
at least for me, you know, I'm I, like, I worry already if I take my, if I take in too many of my thyroid medicines, I have like a routine and it's kind of weird. Like I'll wake up, I'll drink a whole bottle of water with it in the mornings. I will set that empty bottle beside the refrigerator on the counter. So I'll know that I've taken my medicine that way. I don't take it again until I take my uh, Omeprazole. Then I can eat breakfast. And that's just been my routine, you know, since we've been out of school. I, at, at, at school, it's the same way, though. I leave it on my desk. You know, I take my thyroid medicine that morning. I take my omeprazole when I get to school. And, you know, it's just kind of how I do because I'm so not really paranoid, but I don't want to, I don't want to botch it and screw it up. I don't want to be that person that, you know, accidentally overdoses or something stupid because, you know, of what Sheila did. And I hate to have to worry about that. Like... It's just in the back of my mind because I don't want to go out that way. You know, like I always joke with Christy, I want to go out old. I want, I've always wanted to be an old man. You know, from the time talks of my grandfather on the porch to, you know, fishing with granddaddy in his 70s and even Carl. I mean, I don't really talk about my mom's daddy much, but I spent a lot of time with him growing up too. And it's just one of those things where I really enjoyed and cherished those times. Like, you know, Papa Coon hunting. And we would go out at night and coon hunt, and he'd drink beer and sit on the tailgate, and he'd buy me snacks, and we'd talk for hours and hours all night long, and that was the stuff that I, I miss. Like, I, I cannot wait to be an old man. You know, I got two daughters of my own, and I'm hoping that they give me some grandkids that just want to sit on the porch with me, or they want to go fishing, or they want to do whatever. You know, I want to be an old, old man. I have a lot of stories. I mean, even at 36 years old, I have a lot of stories, just from my job, from the things I've grown up with. From the things that I've done with my friends, you know, like Jonathan Shelton, anytime I, you talk to Jonathan Shelton, he has hundreds of stories that we've done, you know, and like, but this is the funniest story and you have like 20 more to go with it because that, I mean, it's truth. You know, we were those kids that got into trouble, but not nothing major, but fun stuff, trouble, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that I want to be able to pass on and Bible stories, you know, like I love reading the Bible. I'm not going to say I do it every day. Uh, I've kind of gotten out of the routine, and that's my fault because I've let other things take priority, and I don't need to do that. Like, I need to make sure that I'm um, reassuring what I'm doing, you know, in my spiritual life to match my physical life with my family, and that's on me as a dad and a spiritual leader in my home, you know. I can't, you know, blame anybody but myself, and I wouldn't because, like I said, I... I take responsibility for everything I do in life. If I do it wrong and I screw it up, that's on me. But moving forward, I love my life. You know, I love my house. I'm sitting outside right now. It's 100 degrees. I'm sweating. Water's running down my back like a waterfall. I love it. You know, I put all these American flags in my yard, and we work so hard this year because I've been out of school. I mean, like I do schoolwork, then I go outside. You know, and cutting trees and build a fire pit and moving stuff and fixing stuff. And, you know, my house ain't much to look at. You know, we live on a road that's a lot of starter houses or, you know, a lot of turnover. You have people buy and sell houses a lot on this road. You know, my house is just under 1,300 square feet with a 1,300 square foot basement. I love it. You know, I don't want anything any bigger. I like living in the woods. I like the trees. I like the animals. I like to shoot the animals. I like having a yard where my girls can shoot. You know, that's one thing that me and Jen have done a lot this summer. We've shot a lot of guns. You know, um, 
She likes to shoot. That's something that I've instilled in her at an early age. You know, safety. Like if you ask Jenna one thing about a gun, say, Jenna, what's the first thing you'd be doing about a gun? Jenna says, you don't touch the trigger. And that is the most important thing I've taught her about guns. Jenna, well, if she picks up a gun on the ground, she has great trigger control. Like she looks like a construction worker holding a nail gun. Like she keeps her finger pointing straight past that trigger and she does not touch it. And I love that. Like, gosh, as a dad, I really love it. You know, I love hearing this neighbor's dog bark. I, love, I hate hearing my dogs bark, but I like hearing the neighbors because they're quieter. I love being outside. You know, my house, looking at it right now, I need to pressure wash one side of it. I just ain't done it yet. You know, Chrissy's been on me, but I've had a lot of other stuff to do. I enjoy my life. I really do. Like, I am so content with my life that, I'm, I mean, I mean, I'm happy every day I wake up. I, I, when I wake up in the mornings, I'm like, man, you know, I'm living the what's what I call uh, the American dream. I have worked my butt off to get what I have. And I don't mean that in the sense like somebody like, oh, I'll work my butt off. No, I literally have. You know, from growing up in a home where nobody on that side of my family, if ever went to college on my mom's side, to me graduating college, to me having two degrees, to me working at a place where I am really needed because of the crap that my kids go through, to a place where I've literally just put everything I have in everything I've done. You know, like I tell you the story about how when we bought our house, you know, I have a lot of student loan debt. You know, I'm working on that. And it's mine. I don't want anybody else to take it. It's mine. You know, it's the only way I could go to college. The only way I could pay for college. It's my, my, my debt. I, I cherish that debt. Because for one thing, it builds my credit. But the only thing a downfall on that was when we first looked for a house, Christy didn't have a full-time job, and we could only buy something that was $90,000. That was our, our credit limit. We bought our house, we closed on our house, and I put $3,500 down, and we closed on our house for $82,500. Our house is worth a little over $100,000 more than that tonight, right now. Like If you wanted to sell it right out, you know we could probably get almost $200,000 for this house. Well, I don't want to. It's mine. You know, we're knocking down payments, trying to keep it. Like I mean, Chris, you're talking earlier. We're not ever going to sell this house. I'll rent it before I sell it. It's mine. This is my dirt. This is my earth. This is my place. You know, people always joke, you know, your little spot of heaven. Well, this is mine. You know, like I, I always, we love Gatlinburg. That's one of my favorite places to go. I'd rather go to Gatlinburg over the beach any day. But I love it. I love it. This is mine. My house feels like Gatlinburg. I park up on a perch, I walk down to the house like a cabin. I have woods on three sides. I have neighbors, but they're not really close. I mean, I can pee off my porch and not see nobody. And I love that kind of stuff. I mean, shoot in the backyard, shoot straight into the other, to down the hill, into the other side of the woods, and there ain't nobody there. I can have Bible class over, and we can sit on the hill and fall down the hill in our chairs because I built the fire pit on a slope like a retard. But that was just me. I'm going to end up moving in her building it up a little bit, but it's mine. I'm content. I'm happy. You know, um, I know at times like I let other, other areas bother me, but my home life, my family life with my girls and my wife, I'm happy. I'm thankful. You know, like Chrissy, Chrissy deserves somebody way better. I've always said that, you know, like I told, I've told her that many times. And she always jokes that 
she made me the way she wanted me. It took her a while, but she finally made me how she wanted me. And I thought, I believe she did, because if I look back at 20-year-old Jeffrey versus 36-year-old Jeffrey, that's a big difference there. Big difference. You know, now I'm slow to anger. I'm not really quick-tempered anymore. Yeah, I get pissed off pretty easy, but I, I, that's just kind of me just getting pissy. I'm not a hit. I'm not a person that wants to hit anybody anymore. Not a person that looks to fight anymore. I'm, I, you know, I just I've taken a step back. Driving, I noticed my driving habit is the biggest thing, and I and I noticed that a lot lately. There was this Ford truck yesterday, pulled out, was riding this car girl's butt. Like when I say riding his butt, like slamming on his brakes, speeding up, you know. I, I, and I just I stay back from him, you know. Chris is like, y'all can see you doing that now. I'm past those days. I enjoy just driving my truck. I enjoy just going places with my family. Sometimes it's all about the journey. It ain't about the destination. It's about those conversations you have in the car with your daughter. (laughs) Especially those ones I have with Julie. I don't know how Julie knows what she knows. But Julie's very inquisitive. She'll ask me a lot of questions. For a four-year-old with a speech impediment... The baby's smart. Daddy. What happened to your daddy? I'm like, well, my daddy died. Who killed him? I'm like, what? Somebody killed your daddy. I'm like, well, I was like, you know, we don't know that, but that's what we've, we've you know, kind of thought. Daddy, somebody killed your daddy. Or she'll be like, your mom's dead. You don't have a mom. Where's your mom? I'm like, oh, my mom's buried. And I show her where she's buried when we go past the cemetery. You know, we go past Cemetery and Cross Plains. She knows where my dad's buried. She She's very smart. Like, and it's just little crazy things like that. She's like, I love you, Daddy. I'll be, I, I be your mama. I'm like, baby, you're four. It's okay. I don't need a mama. I'm, I'm, I'm grown. You know, she, she takes up for her daddy when it comes to that stuff. She wants to know stuff. Very smart. I love it. You know, like I said, Jenna... She's just like me. Like here in a minute, I'm going to go in the house. Me and Jenna are going to color or do crafts or burn stuff. Whatever she wants to do today. We've got all kinds of stuff cardboard we need to burn. That's it. She just wants to spend time with me. Cherish your families. Spend time with your kids. I know that I'm the world's worst at this lately, especially since we've been home, you know, with the stuff with the coronavirus. Put your phone up. I'm awful about that. Like, especially I bought an iPad for school, and I've been playing games on it, and I am a gamer. Like, I'm, I hate games. I only game I've consistently played since I've had a smartphone is Clash of Clans. And I don't even play it regularly. But I downloaded this tank game the other day, and I've been playing it quite a bit. And I, and I hate the fact when, the, when my kids are looking at me, and I'm looking down at my tablet. I'm not making eye contact with them. Because at night, when I'm in bed, and they're sleeping half the time on me, I'm thinking, what about those moments? Jenna's going to remember those moments that Daddy didn't look up at her. Jenna's going to remember those moments that I didn't look up and talk to her. Or it takes them three tries to get my attention because if I'm watching TV or, or playing on doing something, I lose my focus on everything around me. You know, and my sister's the same way. It's, it's something in our genetics. We just cannot focus on anything but the TV. I need to stop that. Like when I go in here in a minute, I put my phone on the charger. I need to just let it sit on the charger for the rest of the afternoon. 
I'm going to spend time with my girls. I'm going to spend time with my family. I'm going to help Christy. You know, we, she got her wheelchair, a new wheelchair delivered today. I'm going to help Christy. I'm going to clean the house for her today. Again, do whatever she needs me to do. Because that's who I am. I don't want anybody else to do it for me. And I love the fact that people have offered to help. You know, that means a lot to me. It really does. Like, I love that people have cooked for us because I like other people's food, too. But at the end of the day, it's my responsibility. You know, God gave me this responsibility of a family. And I always believe that God gives you stuff that other people can't handle. Like a child with ADHD. Child with cross eyes. You know, Jenna, eyes crossed at three years old. They stay crossed until she had surgery at five. You know, Julie's going to have a tough row with her speech. I did too. I took speech for six years. If you notice, anytime I slur, it's with the S's. That pisses me off half the time because I, I don't want her to have to go through that. You know, I'm being made fun of and having to go to speech class. You know, and, you know, Jenna with her eye issues. You know, and I remember one day in Bible class, if, Brad, if Brad's listening to this, I'm sorry, but one of his children was making fun of Jenna. And I told him, I said, I'll cut your eyes out of your head. And I meant that, like right there on the spot, because I'm not, I'm, I am very protective of my own. And his child never speaks to me anytime they see me. And I meant it. Like, like you're going to make fun of her, I'm going to cut your eyes out of your head. You won't have any eyeballs. That's what I said. I said, I ain't got to stay in here in children's church. And that's a daddy right there. That's not me being, you know, a teacher. That's me being a daddy. Because you're going to protect your children. Julie. First time somebody makes fun of the way Julie talks, I'm gonna smack them in their mouth. I'll be like, how do you feel talking with a busted lip? That's because I'm protective. I'm that child's daddy. You know, I love my girls. I always say, you know, Christy always jokes that, you know, God gave me two girls. He did. A lot of it is because how I treated women growing up, how I treated my girlfriends, how I treated other girls I dated, probably how I treated Christy. First time I met Christy, first thing hey, she ever asked me, she said, she said, tell me about you. I said, Christy, I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm an asshole. I said, I don't mean to be. I said, it's part of it's my face, how I look. Part of it is it's my demeanor. Part of it is I'm alpha. It's just, that's how I am. It's how I've built. I, and I, that's something I really work hard now, especially being someone involved in the church, someone who is working on my spiritual life every day, someone who is, you know, serves as a deacon and trying to be an example to others. I really have to make sure that I'm not that person anymore. You know, and I always joke in you know, our men's Bible class that it's my face. It really is. I don't know why. God just gave me this faith. You know, Chrissy calls it the rest and be face. You know, if you ever know what that is. But that's really what it is for me. It's like, you know, I always look like I'm ticked off, but I'm really not. I want to be the best father, the best husband, the best Christian, and the best servant. You know, I know so much like right now, everybody, you can't say the word slavery or slave. But you know what? That's what I want to be. I want to be a servant for others. You know, like Saturday when I was helping the Shermans move, 
man, I ain't gonna lie to you, it's hot. I mean, my arm is killing me still. I mean, I can't lift my, I can barely put my my shirt on because my left shoulder is so messed up. Like I'm gonna have to go to the doctor. But at the same time, it was worth it. It was what I wanted. When others were taking breaks, I just kept moving. I want to make sure I'm serving. I want to serve folks. I want to serve my community. I miss my church. God, I hate this coronavirus. I do. But at the same time, I'm having to do what's best for my girls. You know, even on our our, uh, Thursday night dysfunctional group thread we have on the Messenger app, you know, I felt like I was kind of a prick about it. But, I, I mean, I really had to relay my point. And I didn't know how to say it without being mean. And that's kind of how I was when I said it. And I didn't mean to offend anybody if I did. Like, I love my guys in my group. Love them. Like, they have really helped me so much. You know, from Logan Douglas, like, you know, I cherish the guy. I mean, to Robert Nelson, I like just to pick at him. You know, we're buddies. You know, it's really got friendship where you're always just picking at one another. And that's that's great because if I'm not picking at you. I don't like you. You know, Patrick, you know, I mean, it's like a brother. I mean, literally, like my brother. You know, Brad, I love picking at Brad. If I didn't pick at him, I wouldn't like him. Aaron, like, goodness gracious, Aaron's like my buddy Jeremy Clubs from high school. I'd always be in trouble if me and Aaron were the same age growing up. We'd both been in jail for something. Because that's just kind of how we are with each other. We're always in trouble in group, but we can't even sit by each other half the time we get in trouble. You know, Travis, I love hearing Travis talk in his spiritual talks. You know, Josh, I love texting Josh and, you know, bouncing ideas off of him and getting his perspective and opinion. You know, and Tony, he's crazy. He's different. I like him. He's a good cook. He's funny. I mean, that's my group. That's that's my thirsty group. I love it. You know, I really enjoy being able to be around those guys. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I don't want to go. I mean, especially if I got stuff to do, like this Thursday, I couldn't go. You know, it was the first day Christy could really take a shower, and I had to help her, and I gave the girls a bath, and then, you know, it was one of those things where we just had a lot of stuff to do, and it and it came down to I had to make a decision, and I made my decision. You know, like, I'm a daddy first. I'm a husband first. Everything else follows in line when it comes to me helping others. And like Patrick taught me, it's okay to say no. You don't have to give a reason. It is okay to say no. That has always been something that I have struggled with. I will say yes to help anybody, even if I can't. Or even if I'm like not sleeping to be able to go do it. Because that is how I am. I want to help everybody. I hate hurting people's feelings. I hate saying no. But sometimes it's okay. I don't know where this was even going when I started. I just wanted to do a podcast. I wanted to share my heart. I guess my message. Um, like I said, I haven't done one in a while. And I went back and just kind of checked some numbers. And, you know, my last one had over 100 listens. I don't know if people listen to it twice, three times. But I don't even, didn't even know there was that many people wanting to listen to it right now. Which is great. I love it. Share with your friends. You know, I like talking about sports. I haven't really got into that much lately because there isn't any sports. I mean, what do you say? I'm kind of hoping there isn't sports this year. And it's not because I don't love sports. I'm just hoping that people get well. You know, some people believe this is a farce, that the flu kills more people, that, oh, kids should go back to school because kids really aren't getting as bad. 
Well, kids aren't really around anybody normally. You don't take your kids to the bar. You don't take your kids places that you know you're gonna see folks without masks. That's why they're not getting it. My girls wear a mask if we go anywhere. But most of the time we're just home together. Or we're at Christie's work together where there ain't a whole lot of folks traveling. I mean, I don't want to take that chance on seeing Julie on a ventilator or Jenna or myself or Christy. I mean, I have asthma. I've dealt with it all my life. Like, mine's mainly allergy triggered. Like, I don't think I've ever had an asthma issue playing sports other than just being fat and not being able to breathe. But cutting hay, that can shoot me an asthma attack, no problem. Like, I remember as a kid growing up, you know, anytime Randall Carr was cutting hay, I had to have that in, a little inhaler. If I didn't, I couldn't breathe. Like, literally. when you, It's scary when you cannot breathe. Cannot get a breath in your lungs. It is scary. But being said, it is what it is. Got your folks that don't believe in it, your folks that do believe in it. But I will leave you with this. As a shepherd in my house, I will protect my family from the wolves, regardless of what that wolf is, whether it's a person, whether it's a virus, whether it's an unbeliever or a believer. I protect my family. I protect my flock. And if you don't agree with it, you ain't got to come near me. And that's how I believe. But I'm going to end it with a prayer. Um, I got a lot of people I want to pray for. I want to pray for my church. Had several people move. Several people that have changed roles. Step down. Go to other churches. We've lost deacons. A pastor. Two pastors. One went to the police academy. But that's that's a blessing for that person. Exactly. That's awesome. Like, I'm really proud of him. Um, Sarah, Shelton, you know, they've had a lot of things going on. I love Josh and Sarah. Josh has been like an older brother to me, you know, all my life. You know, me and everybody always tell, you know, me, me and Jonathan are twins. Like, every time we go to Walmart together, somebody will be like, oh, are y'all twins? I'm like, yeah, we have been our whole life, you know, that kind of thing. You know, that family means a lot to me. And anytime I can spend time with them, I do. Uh, you know, they had a couple car wrecks. Josh, he had a wreck and totaled out his car. Sarah got rear-ended by a dumb truck and totaled out her car. And that, you know, just and then her passing out of her father. That stuff right there is it's hard, and it's been in a short time. It ain't like it's been in you know a couple years span. This has been within a few months. You know, I love this family. They mean the world to me. You know, I want to definitely pray for them. I want to play for my grandmother. Nanny really ain't getting out. You know, she ain't been back to church. I talk to her every day. And I can tell that she's, she's scared. She's sad. She's getting depressed. But we're, it's the time we're in. Like I've told her, I said, Nanny, I'll bring the girls over. But she's like, no, I don't want them in the house. I'm like, my kids don't go to church right now. My kids aren't going. They didn't go to VBS. My kids... If they go to Walmart, I put a mask on, make them ride in a buggy, and anybody gets close to us, we go down a different aisle. That's kind of how I am with them. Pray for her. Pray for Christy. Freaking fourth knee surgery, three years. It's awful. Awful. And this one, she can't put any weight on it for six weeks. And even then, she's got after that, she's going to be on the, that brace thing for six more months. She's tougher than I am. A lot tougher. 
I wish I had the strength she has. I just don't. I mean, physical strength. She's very tough. Like, I always joke, like, you know what I mean? Both girls, she had a C-section. Back to work in a week. Less than a week. Five days. Working with Julie from the dang hospital. That's my wife. And it's hard for me to have empathy for folks sometimes. Not empathy. Sympathy with folks sometimes because of how tough she is. And I tell her, I'm like, look, if you weren't so dang tough, I could feel, you know, I could feel what people feel. I do have the empathy. I sometimes don't have the sympathy because I see how she picks herself up. That's my wife. God gives you a person for a reason. He gave me her. I didn't deserve her. She stayed around. She put up with more crap than anybody else would have. That's for dang sure. And she didn't turn into a lesbian like the other couple, which is a plus. I'm just, that's, that's funny. I'm hoping somebody will catch that one. Um, but like I said, those are the prayer requests I have today. And I'm going to pray and I'm going to close this out. Most gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for everything you give me. I thank you for my girls. I thank you for my family. Thank you for my grandmother. I should be with her, comfort her, and bless her. Let her not worry. Let her look towards happiness in the future. She's in the twilight of her years, Lord. She knows that. She's even said it before. But the longevity in her side and her being healthy, she has no reason not to worry about living another 13 to 15 years and be over 100. She needs to just be happy. Enjoy life. Be with the Sheltons and all that they've went through, Lord. Be with Josh and Sarah and Wally and Sarah's mom. You know, it's not the, the pain you go through immediately. It's the pain that lingers on after. That's why I always try to reach out to someone a month or two after a passing of a family member. Because everybody reaches out to you first. And God, you know that people are going to say and make promises. and You know, I'll be there for you. And then a month or two's time, they're not there. That's when they need you the most, Lord. Please be with Sarah and Josh. Be with Jonathan and the Shelton family. Be with our church. You know, there's been a time lately that I've just wanted to thought about stepping down as a deacon. Thought about it, I'm not in the building. I'm not able to serve physically because I'm not there. But I don't want to. I want to stay a deacon. I want to stay an active member. I want to stay. I keep my family involved, even if we're not there. Whether it's Thursday nights or Christie's Women's Group or whatever, you know, contacting members. I want to be a part of it. I'm not a quitter. God, you know I'm not a quitter. That's one thing I, you've never let me be. I've been a lot of things in life. Twitter's not one of them. I ask you just bless uh, bless our church. Those that have one want one on and the members that will be coming in and coming back. Be with Chris Freeman. He needs you, God. He needs your help. He needs your comfort. He needs your assistance. Be with Miss Jennifer. She's going to be having surgery on the 22nd. Be with that family. Let them look toward to you over worldly things. Let them invest in you and not worry about what others are investing in or the perception of whatever it is, God. Because like you said in the book of Acts, you know, you talk, we talk about Jesus being straightforward and not, not worried about stepping on toes, Lord. Let us be that same kind of Christian. Let us not worry about the world. Let us worry about saving others. 
God asks you just be with my family. Be with Christy. Thank you so much for blessing me. If I'd have known now what I knew growing up, there ain't nothing I'd have went through to get to this. There ain't the beatings, the abuse, the pain, the suffering. It's just a little taste of heaven for me. A little bit of heaven right here. Standing out in my yard doing a podcast, talking to you God. It means the world to me. I'm so appreciative, so thankful. I ask you now, just be with everybody else that are dealing with family and corona and job-related and illness. Just bless us, God. We're a country that needs to be blessed, a country that needs to look towards you. Please forgive us when we fail you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, feel free to shoot me a message, a text, or whatever. Uh, like I said, I'm a transparent person. I don't hide anything from anybody. You know, I'm the same person inside the building or at the church as I am outside the building. I say the same words. I treat people the same. There is no there is no two Jeffrey Gregory's. There's just one. Hope everyone has a great day. God bless you. And I hope to talk to you soon. Bye-bye.